Welcome to episode 7 of Rollin' for 20s. Um, I'm Jonah, your host and dungeon master for this 5th edition D&D podcast here. This is going to be probably our final episode for this season, but fear not, we will return. And, you know, we've got some great players here today for this 7th and potentially final episode. To my left here. Ingrid. Eris returns yet again. <laughs> nice. Wendy. Tom and Jerry. I can't get over Tom and Jerry every time it gets me. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta just like forget that his name's not just Tom and. And then he goes, Tom and Jerry. Don't worry, he was gonna get you regardless. Wow. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so who, who wants to give us a recap for the last episode? Well, I kind of jumped in when everything got very, very bad. Yeah, that's very true. You did. So uh, essentially what we did is uh, we were like walking down. Well, we weren't walking. We were riding on a carriage. But we were riding down through the Dread Swamp, right, on our way. And then all of a sudden, Amelia's like, Dude, there's a huge green orb in the sky. <laughs> and we're like, dude, that's totally the dead moon. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have Sebastian go, and he finds us a little house to go in. And so we go in the house, right? But... It's totally desecrated, dude. And so I go upstairs, and there's like, <laughs> there's these scary books and like all these cobwebs. So I'm like, I'm out of here, dude. And so I leave, but I don't know why. But Tom and Wendy go up there, and they start ripping down the cobwebs. <laughs> and there's like this old lady in there, dude. But we met this little guy named Yuri, and uh, he's pretty. Well, he was pretty cool. <laughs> Until he told me like this little secret and then this voice came out probably the little boy uh, Who the old lady that was dead and in the cobwebs raised but anyway uh, so um, He turned into a giant monster and we had to fight him um, and Tommen died uh, But we brought him back to life and now we left and we're just kind of on the road You've just woken up in this small clearing of pine trees. <coughs> and uh, you'd woken up to snow. Um, you were about to set off on your journey for the day in just the light snowfall. But you see these dark, heavy snow clouds rolling in. It definitely is signaling more storm. You guys setting off towards Mournhall then? Or is there anything else you want to do in this forest before Let me chop up some more wood. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I was collecting a lot yesterday, but oh. some, uh, I did portion a good amount of that with the idea that I was going to get some wood chips out of it. Sawdust. Sawdust. Oh. Well, so, like, if I chew it. Yeah, you you would need to chew it. Okay. Or the horses. I just, yeah, honestly, I, you could just make it out of horse poop. Oh, he would be... This this creature will hate me forever. But you can name it out of horse shit. poop. Uh, for any of the audience that does not remember what the fuck Tom is talking about, uh, last time he was able to retrieve an old grimoire from the uh, Maldred house that you had escaped, and uh, it contained a recipe to make a humunculus, as well as some other pretty potent spells that have been added to his list. 
you guys. Well, I guess we'll leave then if we've got the materials. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you spend a few minutes uh, chopping a few more branches and piling into them into the carriage. You've got a little more space now that you've let a lot of the coconuts go. You probably just have like about one barrel of coconuts left. Uh, like a, a, a pile and a half of tree branches, uh, 17 guard uniforms. And I, I think that's your inventory. As well as whatever cork you left in there. And you set off in the direction of the Morn Hall. You're closer than ever, and as you really start to draw near, the realness of this starts to set in. You have to go break into a palace if you want to rescue your friend Bellamy. But it's pretty much too late to turn back now. There's a little poof on the top of the carriage as you hear Sebastian take off into the air. And you guys set off on traveling for the day. In about an hour's time of traveling, you reach the road to Morn Hall. It's a well-packed, commonly used uh, dirt and gravel road that leads all the way to the Morn Hall, which you start to see rise in the distance. These five towers that rise up into the sky like large cylindrical gray mountains. You can see them just poking up in the distance. You know those to be the towers of Mornhall. Probably none of you have seen it before, but you've heard stories. It is a, it's a f- intimidating sight. It's a very intimidating sight. The fact that you can see it from here, that means it's easily the biggest construction in all of Katagat. As you continue along this road, you uh, are joined by more carriages. Hundreds of people start walking from the sides and just joining onto this road. Uh, You see more carriages pulling up. A few of them are black guard, but many of them are just civilian carriages. Um, Many caravans, uh, hundreds of carts long, all on this road heading towards Mornhall. I want to try to talk to somebody in one of the civilian carriages. Just one second, should we put on placard uniforms if we are riding in a placard carriage? Or are we just gonna go in the way we are? What's the better? Well, I don't want to be in a black guard. I don't want to be in a black guard uniform for like when I'm talking to these people. That's right. We can maybe get dressed in a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rest of your party can get dressed while you talk, man. Good. Sure. Yeah. Good deal. Let's also give Emilio a <laughs> uniform. Ah, it's daytime. I must keep my poncho on somewhere. No, I'll the... hide in the coconuts. Oh, my God. <laughs> hide in the coconuts. Emilio! Emilio! And because you wave to one of the civilian carriages, and uh, the carriage kind of pulls up next to you. Uh, it's this old farming farmer man. He's got that little straw hat pulled down over his eyes. You see big gray beard poking out from underneath it. Uh, he's got dark purplish skin and pointed ears. Uh, he looks over at you. Oh, hey there, traveler. Hey, dude. Uh, yo, can I ask, like, why you're going to Mornhall? Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I... I, I'm going to the king's birthday party. It's it's mandatory, I believe. It's mandatory? Mandatory. Like, how, how did they, like, send that information to everybody? Uh, through letters. Uh, why didn't I get a letter? I, I don't know. Maybe you were too far away. 
I'm in the Kattegat. Well, maybe he just doesn't like you very much. Well, that <laughs> is maybe a fair uh, stance on the situation. Hey, uh, that big old vulture's been following us all for a while. It's circling around. Seems like it senses death. He looks up and points at Sebastian, who's just circling around your carriage, kind of little ways up. Oh yeah, no, dude, you're probably gonna get killed. And then I want to. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) You just like clap the reins and move along. He like looks up at the vulture worriedly. Damn it! He kind of just pulls the rein and he turns his cart around. (laughs) He starts heading back. Ah. A lot of people, a lot of these people, they don't look very excited to be doing this. Um, You see one uh, particularly gigantic caravan that stretches back basically as far as you can see of all these blue and gray clad figures in these like kind of more religious looking robes. And then uh, a lot of them have similar, similar garb, but less like ornamental and more like practical and they all have their heads shaved like monks you guys continue down the road without much of an issue uh as you continue towards the towers stabbing into the clouds like large stone knives the snow begins to fall heavy big thick flakes coating the ground and it it's piling up the travel becomes a little more difficult as the winds pick up as well it's quite cold snow is whipping and blowing into the carriage you travel like this for hours until the snow has built up feet off the ground scraping against even the bottom of your carriage when finally you reach the gates of Mornhall. the gates are held open and there's Hundreds of footprints going in through the gates and wagon prints where the snow has all been packed down. A few of the guards, uh, they, they look over seeing that you have a black guard carriage. Uh, and that a black guard is driving it since you have the uniforms. And they just wave you through. They don't seem to have any interest in even checking your carriage. There's really too many people for them to even be able to do that. A few of the guards uh, are a little further inside the courtyard as your carriage pulls in. They, they, they wave you forward. Oh, everyone, everyone, into the hearth tower, into the hearth tower, this way. And they lead you through these, uh, these blasting winds and heavy snows towards the middle of these giant stone towers. This is definitely the biggest one and uh, stretches up into the snowy clouds and you can't even see the top of it. He pulls open the giant oak door and snow and wind rush into this large cylindrical room Uh, and there's this giant glowing hearth in the middle, like a giant bonfire. You see hundreds and hundreds of people all gathered in this tower around the fire, uh, sharing food and drink, laughing, telling stories. It's This is the uh, probably most of the population of Kattegat. This is wild. This is wild. You've never seen this many people together in a room in the Kattegat. And the hearth blazes warm. Are you guys going inside? Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, Sebastian also 
crams in through the door like, like I'm not staying out there. Um, your carriage and your horses are pulled to a nearby stable with the other carriages where they're left. Uh, you see Emilio still in the coconut a barrel as the carriage is pulled away. Kind of look at you guys like, I'm just going to stay in here. Can I, can I get a message to Emilio for him to cover and hide Sebastian to some extent? Oh, Sebastian is coming into the hearth tower with you. Oh, sweet. Uh, he, I mean, he, he's a member of this group too. Mm-hmm. He just gave up his leadership position. Uh, so he squeezes through the door. He, he barely fits. But once you reach into this room, you see that he's not an oddity here. Um, about 15 giant eagles sit perched all around this tower going upwards, up the staircase, and they all sit there observing. Uh, you hear a voice booming out over the chatter. More rats come to shelter from the snow. This gigantic boar man steps forward around the fire up towards you. He's wearing this green cloak covering his heavy leather armor. Uh, And he's got a large iron helmet on. And he has this uh, arrow and bow symbol emblazoned on the front of his cloak. He says, I am Hoth, leader of Ranger's Hand. What's up, dude? I'm Anchorage. Um, I'm like a paladin, dude. I work for (laughs) Agoth. He, he snorts angrily. Agoth, fucking pathetic. Try worshipping a real god. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so does your god, like, hold up the whole world? <laughs> okay, okay. Did your god turn her body into the water and then die? <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't that, like, the whole point of Agoth? So why are you worshipping a dead woman? Because she's holding up the whole world, dude. I prefer the masters of the hunts. Powerful demons. Something tangible. Something that can assist. I've found that the most tangible gods are often the most troublesome and annoying. A lot of the crowd seems to agree with that. There's a murmur of, yeah, fuck yeah, this guy knows what's up. Uh, this is, you feel so vindicated, Charlie, <laughs> after being like an atheist your entire life and just being shunned by the rest of the world. Ha- having all these Kattegat people be like, yeah, this guy's really onto something. The boar-headed figure, he goes, hmm. still the rest of you have not introduced yourselves. I wish to hear no more from this paladin. <laughs> My name is Eris, and I'm terribly sorry. I try to tell Anchorage all of the time that there's a time and place. Yeah, and that time is always. And that place <laughs> is right here. Oh, yeah, they're having this discussion all the time. <laughs> I'm Wendy. Nice to meet you. It is certainly Wendy out. What is your name? <laughs> oh, you know... I might just blow you away like the wind if I told you my name. These are not too bad. <laughs> and you metal man. My name is Tomond. Tomond Jerry. He, he scoffs. That is a stupid name. <laughs> well, it wasn't my choice. Whose choice was it? Your mother's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks around. It, the other, you see a few more 
people step forward, maybe about 14 of them all wearing those same green cloaks. And they like chuckle a little bit at his joke, but doesn't seem like really that's the reason they were stepping forward. And you kind of look around and they've sort of formed a circle around you all. I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna like cross my arms and be like, "Ugh, tangible gods." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who are you, dude? Uh, doesn't seem like you're wearing black guard uniforms. But you are, and yet you come into the hearth tower. Last time I checked, black guard is not allowed in here. Uh, they literally directed us in here, dude. Where are we supposed to be? And where have they gone now? You look around, the Black Guard did not stay in here. <laughs> the Hearth Tower is now under the protection of the Ranger's Hand. I suggest you leave, Black Guard. The eagles start to descend from the tower and kind of land, each one landing next to one of the Rangers. You have a feeling you know who brought the eagles in now. Just leave that, I guess! <laughs> um, reluctantly, uh, the four of you step back out into the snow. Sebastian coming after you angrily. He lets out a squawk looking back at the rest of them. Uh, he says something in Vulture to the lines of pompous eagle fuckers or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, eagles? You don't speak Vulture, Anchor. Oh. Oh, <laughs> um... You step back out into the snow and you're buffeted by the winds. The snow is built up even more. Uh, you see a, uh, a guard. He, he steps out from this little constructed tent in the middle of this snow-covered courtyard. See, snow is already set in heavy on the roof, causing the canvas to bow in deeply. He, he, this guard, he, he calls out to you and he, he waves. And he, he waves you into the tent. We go in. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you follow after this uh, black guard that waves you in, and you enter into this little tent. There's no more, there's no snow on the ground here, um, and there's a small fire built in the middle. There, there's probably about like, 10, 15 guards in here total. They're just sitting around uh, making hot soup, and occasionally some of the uh, visitors coming uh, through the gates will come in and the guards will feed them and then the visitor will leave uh, there is one guard that seems to be kind of running this operation, he's the one that waved you in you get a closer look at him now that the snow's not blowing down in between you uh, he's uh, older and very very battle worn, he's missing part of his nose, an eye and his face is covered in scars he's got a bit of a mustache but he's also got a big slash that goes down across his lip that cuts the mustache in half uh, he looks over and he goes, Ah, hello, I am, uh, Mattis. I, I don't believe I've met any of you. Uh, are you new to the Black Guard? Uh, yeah, man, we, uh, we just got, uh, you know, took on after this big massacre happened recently. Kind of tragic. Very tragic, I'm sure. Uh, well, all the towers, except for the Hearth Tower, uh, will be closed by now. The snow has gotten too thick, but, uh, you may stay here snow tower but we have a hot fire and hot food hey thanks dude of course of course he'll, he'll sit 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 and he gestures to some like empty spots around the fire uh, a few guards are already kind of gathered around there eating warm soup 
It's a, it's a pretty nice little vibe here. Uh, you can't help but think about all the blackguards that you've slaughtered in the last couple days. <laughs> um, as you sit around this fire, huddling from the storm, sharing soup with them. It reminds you uncomfortably how human they all are. <laughs> Not to guilt you guys or anything. No. <laughs> Take the knife in or anything. After a little while, the sun sets, but none of the guards here seem to have much intention on sleep. Um, if anything, they're trying to keep each other awake so they can keep watching the people come in. Do you guys want to try and long rest? We just long rested. Yeah, I don't mingle. Need it. Yeah, you don't really need it, but it is still becoming night. You have been traveling all day. A, a lot of the guards that you have been chatting with, they are pretty much all cycled out. Um, as people come in for shifts, except for Mattis, the one that ushered you in. He, he stays there the whole night. You, you all eventually... Do you guys want to talk to any of the Black Guard at all? I want to talk to Mattis at some point. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any, any point you can pull him aside, he just he's just kind of going between the guards, talking to them, checking on them, occasionally working at the soup counter. Uh, hey, Mattis, uh, you know, since I, since we are new to all this, we're not exactly sure, you know, like, why we're, like, in Mournhall or anything, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm just, like, curious if, like, you got any more, like, information on it? Uh, uh y- yes, uh, we needed all hands in Mournhall for, for the king's birthday. He has, he has big plans, big plans. There's more black guard here than than I've ever seen. They've been coming in from all across Stu Slumber with those caged magical creatures. Uh, I don't know what the king intends to do with them, but it is his birthday, and he, he is our king. You haven't seen, like, you know, like, any sort of large-scale... Uh, you know, execution sort of material <laughs> being set up anywhere, have you? Uh, Just like in a theoretical sense, you know what I mean? Uh, execution material, I, no, 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 no like, gallows, no uh, massive guillotine, nothing. Interesting. Well, I mean, I have no clue why they got all those animals together, you know, what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, I don't believe the king would kill them. That seems rather cruel. <laughs> What's your take on it, Mattis? Uh, my take? Well, the boy is Balzac's son, so I, I trust him. The genes are strong. <laughs> he almost seems to be trying to convince himself. You know, Mattis, I don't, I don't know if I believe you, man. You know, you you can feel fine. He puts his hand on your shoulder. Anything else would be treason. And gives you, like, a really meaning look. Like, stop. Dude. Gotcha. (laughs) I want to go sit down by by the fire. (laughs) Okay. You sit back down by the fire. Um, You all continue through the night. You You get some warm soup. You get some sleep. And the next morning, uh, you were all awoken about the same time by a loud, growling, deep voice booming through the tent. You wake up and you rub the sleep out of your eyes to see this gigantic, gold-armored figure uh, 
covered in this thick black fur and with two little cat-like ears poking off of its head it's this gigantic panth black panther beast folk uh he is dressed in similar to the black guard uniform but it's way heavier and is golden he he looks regal uh, as the sun's first light is just peeking through the doors of the tent and shining off his armor, making him practically glow with the morning light. Um, and he's, he's speaking to Mattis. He says, Mattis, take down this ridiculous tent immediately. The king needs room for the cages. Uh, uh, Mattis, he like kind of looks around and he's like, Moraz, with all due respect, we can't just take this down. More people are coming in. They need shelter from the snow. They need soup. Uh, the panther figure goes, Damn your soup, Mattis. If I say take it down, you take it down. Uh, Mattis kind of crosses his arms a little defiantly, looking at Moraz like, You take it down then. And then a figure steps out from behind this giant Black Panther guard. A small boy, probably no more than 5'6", five, 5'7", five, uh, with long, shaggy, raven black hair and a small silver circlet sitting on his head with a sapphire gem in the middle. He has these piercing, piercing blue eyes and this little smirk. He steps out from behind Moraz. Goes, Mattis, if Moraz tells you that something is to be done in the king's name, refusing can only be called treason. Uh, Mattis immediately drops to a knee and goes, yes, your majesty. And he, he calls, hey, uh, all of you, get, get the fuck up. We're taking this tent down now. Uh, and it, the guards all around you kind of like, oh, like struggle up. Uh, they all see Moraz and like jump to attention and salute. Then they see the king and they drop to the knee. And Mattis is like, get up, get up, come on, go, 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 take the tent down. There's no time for all that groveling. Uh, what are you guys doing? Quickly rushing out of there, but also looking at everyone else. I'm, I'm going to help take the tent down and I'm just like, oh, I'll go put it away and I'll take it. <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, okay, you. Yeah, you need to help as well. <laughs> uh, Mattis goes. Oh, thank, thank you, you two. Uh, yeah, get get this tent out of here. Uh, uh, the rest of you, uh, go begin bringing the cages out. I want to follow all the people that are going to get the cages. Okay, uh, you all turn and start walking away. And uh, as, as you're doing this, the king steps forward, and there's a bit of a crowd starting to gather as people see him. Uh, the snow goes up pretty much to his knees, far past his black leather boots as he steps out from where the tent was shielding the ground from the snow. Uh, he, he clears his throat and goes, Too long has the Kattegat been defined by its monsters. Uh, there's a little bit of a cheer from the crowd for that. And the king looks around, really enjoying the little bit of attention he's getting from his people. And he, he smiles and he does like a little turn and he's got this little like quarter cape on that flutters a little bit as he turns right right towards the wind, uh, very purposely. Too long 
has the Kattegat stood in the shadow of monsters. Monsters the rest of the world fears. Too long. That all ends today. From today on, it will be known for its greatest king, Goth! And he, like, throws his hands up into the air. Make me perception check somebody. Uh, we'll say Anchorage, as you're walking away to go get the cages. You have to walk past this crowd. Twelve. Twelve. As you're kind of pushing through the crowd, you see someone else pushing the opposite direction, going up towards the king. And then this figure pushes his way through the crowd and throws back a hood. And you see pale white skin with glowing red eyes looking very similar to your friend Emilio, but more muscular with shorter cropped hair and some sort of circlet with a moon on it. The vampire walks towards the king confidently and he says to the king, he says, you had no right to take Lord Olaf, Goth. Emilio was the agreement and the fact that he escaped your domain is none of our concern. It is a shame your rule must come to such a quick end. Perhaps your successor will have more wisdom and know not to cross the Voltakov family. Uh, he draws a line down across his arm and blood starts pouring out. He rubs his hand across it and he slashes it out and the blood forms into a solid blade and he runs towards the king. The king doesn't move at all. He just smirks and he goes, Moraz, can you please show this blood-sucking citizen of mine the cost of trees? Before he can even finish the sentence, the giant figure of Moraz is in front of him and taking the vampire to the ground. There's a collision noise and the vampire stops moving. Moraz stands up with his giant fangs in the creature's throat and he bites down and pulls and the vampire's head is ripped clean off. He throws it to the ground now that the head has been separated. The body disintegrates into ash. Moraz, his black fur now coated in blood and his shiny gold armor just completely drenched. The king has just a few specks of blood on his face and he pulls out a little handkerchief from his pocket and he wipes the blood off and he turns to his people and he goes, the festivities begin at sundown. And they, they all cheer. They're like, this is our king. He is fearless and powerful and he has this great warrior at his side and the king he turns and he walks back towards one of the towers um, in the same direction that the uh, guards going to get the cages would be going. Tom and you, you finish taking down the tent and you like kind of wrap it up and you like pick it up. Uh, Wendy, you, you said you were helping him? Okay, so where are the two of you taking this tent? 
Oh, I had it meant that I was taking it into my possession from the Blackguard's possession. It's mine now. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured, but it's a big-ass tent. Like, you can't really just carry it around. you got to put it somewhere. Hmm. We could, like, maybe put it where the carriage is... Then, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go put it at our carriage. I guess. Okay. Uh, so you head over towards uh, one of the front towers, the Tower of the Panther, uh, which is uh, the guard tower named after the commander of the guard, Moraz, who is the Black Panther. The stables is just like right inside the Tower of the Panther. Uh, it's been shoveled out a little bit, so you can get through the door now. And the two of you uh, head in, carrying this tent between you. All of a sudden, you hear this, Hi! 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 Oh my god! Oh my god! Is the troll hunter here? Is the troll hunter here? Oh no! Barney and Barney come running up to you from inside the panther tower. They just both go for like a hug. I'll go in for a hug. You go in for the hug, they, yeah! They give you a Can we help you with that? You need to get that somewhere? Like, you guys head into the carriages with that? Oh, yeah, we were just put it... King Goth didn't seem too happy to see this, so we're going to go hide it in our cart so he doesn't have to look at this anymore. Good idea. Nice work, you guys. Hey, is the troll hunter here? We'd really like to see him. He's actually off helping with some other duties at the moment. Yeah, he's pretty important. Makes sense. Yeah. He's so important. Yeah. What are you two up to? Oh, dude, uh, we got to go to work soon. We got to start carrying cages. Um, yeah, calling all Blackguard in. King's oh. birthday today, man. It's going to be awesome. I, I guess we better come help. Yeah, you better. Okay, here, let's go put this tent down. Okay. Okay, uh, we'll cut back over to uh, Eris and Anchorage. What are the two of you doing? We're scoping out what they're doing with the cages. Okay, yeah, yeah you're following the guards. Right, I want to see if we can find where Bellamy is. You guys head back. This procession is leading you towards the Tower of the King, which is the, the farthest back of the five towers um, and the one where the king resides. Uh, you enter into the bottom floor, and it's this massive cylindrical room that has just been turned into this dark maze of cages. Uncountable number of cages here. Absolutely insane. And the smell is horrible and the sound is worse. All of the animals crying out to try and be set free to no avail at all. And the guards uh, emotionlessly start picking up cages and carrying them out into the snow where many of the animals wail even more. Oh my god, you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I cast How could I? Detect evil and good. And that finds Faye. I mean, there's hundreds of Faye here, but you recognize Bellamy. Make me an investigation check to try and uh, make your way through this maze of cages to where you can kind of feel Bellamy's presence. That's a 13. A 13. You search and you search and you search, but it takes you a while. You reach many dead ends that are pretty much impossible to cross with just walls piled high of cages until you finally make it back around to see a guard with Bellamy's cage in his hands walking out of the tower. Bellamy, like, 
grabs onto the bars and like shakes a little bit, but he doesn't see you. Let's just follow him. Wait till he puts the cage down. I have an idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pick up a cage that's nearby and accidentally walk into that guy. Okay. Uh, make me a deception check, Anchorage. I give you advantage, though, because that's a pretty good move. I got I got a new die. That's a, a 12. You crash into him. How convincing it is, you're not really quite sure. It's not your best performance. Both of you drop the cages to the ground, and they tumble over. What, what, what kind of creature did you pick up? Just curious. Something small. Something small. You, you pick up, like, a, a little, like, worm dragon. It's, like, just starting to sprout its wings. You drop both cages, and Bellamy's cage falls and rolls a little bit. And he's like, ow! Hey, I watch where you're walking, you fucking idiot! And then he looks over and he sees you. And his eyes go wide. And the guard goes, What'd you say to me, you stupid little rodent? And Bellamy goes, I can't, you fucking idiot! (laughs) And the guard goes, Oh, why, I oughta. Are there other guards around? Yeah, there's a few others, probably like two others, that can like see what's going on clearly. As they argue, I'm gonna go ahead and cut in and be like, "You can't hurt that gopher, dude. It is for goth." Uh, that that's true. Uh, he looks over and he's like, "No, I just can't kill it." And he, he kicks the cage. And Bellamy goes, "Hey, you fucking asshole! What the hell? <laughs> Why didn't you get down here? I'll give you a piece of me." And Hold on, I'm gonna roll persuasion for Bellamy. <laughs> um, the guard looks at him and he's like, Oh, really? You think you're some little hotshot, little fay boy? And he like leans down and gets his face real close to the cage and he spits on Bellamy. And Bellamy pulls out the knife and stabs him in the eye! Oh! <gasps> And he reaches out with his little clawed hand and he grabs the guy's ear and he pulls his head into the knife over and over and over again. And from inside the cage and then like just drops the guard's head to the ground. The other two guards like look over in horror and Bellamy goes, little help Anchorage. Uh, Can I use a reaction to bless me, Bellamy and Eris? Yes. Uh, roll initiative. Gosh. Not you guys. That's a 16 from me. A 16? Okay. Uh, an Aris from you? That's gonna be, um, an 11. An 11. Uh, so Anchorage, you actually get to start. Uh, I'm just gonna charge over and stab, or try to hit one of the other guards with my short sword. Okay, we'll hit. We'll say advantage because he does not expect uh, the fellow black guard to turn around and stab him. So you get your full sneak, sneak attack. attack? Yeah. Okay. That's a 13. A 13, that does hit. They're not in like heavy guard uniforms at all, they're just in their leathers. Is there one more guard? There is one more guard. Okay. That's 12 damage. You want to describe your kill for a second? <laughs> yeah, I just run over and s- stab one of the guys right through. Yeah, you just, like, run him right through and just drop him to the ground. A little bit of blood, little blood curtain as you pull out the knife. Uh, that is going to bring us to you, Eris. While the other guard is 
taken aback by watching Anchorage completely murk that other yeah. guard. I'm going to go ahead and sneak behind him. Okay. Um, and uh, take my quarter staff and just, just try, try and stab. Hit, okay. Yeah. You're going to shillelagh him? Yeah. And it, yeah, it's gets where the quarter staff is imbued with nature's power. Right, so you get yeah. to add your spell attack modifier to hit, right? Yeah. That's, okay. That's gonna be an eighteen. An eighteen that hits. Yeah. So go ahead and roll damage. That's gonna be a twelve. You want to describe your kill? Uh, roots, spiky roots, oh shoot out of my quarter staff. And stab through him through the back. Yeah, you slam your quarter staff into his back, and the roots like shoot up out through his chest, and then like shrink back into the staff, and his body falls limply to the ground. Bellamy goes, "Yes, fuck yes, yes! Oh my god! I knew you guys were coming! Oh fuck yeah, Deandra! She hired you, didn't you? Didn't she? Oh, I fucking love that woman. Come on, come on, get me out of here, get, get me Bellamy." Eris, oh my favorite customer. You are totally getting discounts for life. I better. But that means we have to make it out of here alive. So come on, get me the fuck out of here before more guards come. Okay, so um, one thing that I'm seeing here, Bellamy, is that we just killed like three dudes. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Feel bad about it later. Let's go, pussy. Okay, I want to I wanna unlock Bellamy's cage, and then I want to unlock... The cage of wait. I want to find a creature that looks large and hungry. Ooh, okay. Make me an investigation check or perception. Either one. Can I get help from either Eris or Bellamy? You can get help from Eris. Bellamy's still restrained. Oh yeah, I want to let Bellamy out first. Okay, make me a thieves' tools check. That's a uh, sixteen. Uh, yeah. It, it takes you just a like thirtieth seconds, and then you hear kick. And you turn the lock, and the door swings open. And Bellamy steps out, rubbing his hands together like, Oh, yeah, baby. I'm a free man at last. Can't keep this gopher behind bars. And he's got his blood-covered knife in his hand. He's got little splashes of blood all over his his really otherwise spotless coat of brown fur. Um, You see his his little more dapper outfit that he's always... And with his little vest and his green shirt is very tattered at this point and probably covered in piss. Now make me that uh, investigation of perception with advantage. Uh, so that's a five. Five. Uh, you look around, all the cages here seem pretty small. There's no big creatures around this area. The biggest you can find is like, like basically a bobcat. What kind of dragon was that dragon? It, it's a worm dragon, so it's about like four inches long, and it has these little <laughs> tiny wings, and they kind of just like crawl around, but they like vaguely resemble dragons. Not really a dragon. Okay, I uh, don't know if this is going to work, but Eris, I need you to torch up those bodies, and I'm going to let this little tiny dragon out of the cage. Uh, we can just pretend like it uh, took him out. Oh, all right. Uh, okay. Uh, hmm. All right. So, Harris, you want to torch these bodies? Yeah. What the hell are you using to do that? Uh, I'll go ahead and do. Do you have like create bonfire or something? Produce flame. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Arson's kind of your thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just all the bodies just whoosh up into flames. 
I was cold anyway. <laughs> you were cold anyway. It's way nicer in here, actually. Um, the animals start to give these like hungry groans as they smell the I'll cooking throw them flesh. some body. I'll throw them some body parts. No. You like rip off a burning finger. You're like, oh, ow, that's fucking hot. And you like throw it into one of the cages. They're going to get the taste for human. And, okay, Anchorage, make me a Thieves Tools check to pick that cage. That's a 24. Oh, yeah, you, you let the little worm dragon out, and it like, crawls around on the other bodies. and It likes fire, so it kind of just, like, snuggles up to the flames. <laughs> Very dangerous. Bellamy, I'm going to need your clothing. Uh, all right, nobody look. And he's <laughs> no, vest in his shirt, and he's, like, still covered in fur. He looks no different. I hand you the clothes. Oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I want to take it and light it on fire and then throw it back in the cage that he was in and, and lock it. Okay, nice. Yeah, you do it. Nice. Very nice. Good. Nice touch. Uh, where are you guys going now? The fuck out of here. Uh, okay, as you're going the fuck out of here, um, Tommond and Wendy are just like walking up to the door of the King's Tower. Because you guys said you were going to look for the cages, right? So you would just about now be finding them. As Eris and Anchorage come walking out. How are you guys how do you guys have Bellamy? I can carry him. If he would like to be carried, or I, so he the he's about like he's not large, and okay. the snow is high. Yeah, so he will just like sink right into it and disappear. Yeah. I have my cloak. Can I be like kind of hiding him a little? Yeah, bit? you can hide him under your cloak. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Bellamy, you need to go full gopher mode, dude. No speaking, just gopher. He like a little, a little furry pops <laughs> out of the cloak. Um. Oh, Wendy and Tom, and you both see that, and you're like, wait, holy shit, is that the gopher? Oh, my God. Let's go, let's go. Let's get out of here. Are Barney and Barney with us? Uh, no. Uh, no? No, they stayed in the... Oh, okay. They, they stayed behind. They're, oh, yo, y'all... Did y'all see Barney and Barney? Yeah, we did. They asked yeah. you, actually. <laughs> so I love those little rascals. <laughs> those little rascals. So, so what did you guys do in the meantime? Let's just say I got a little toasty in there. <laughs> Are you guys going to one of the other towers? There's uh, the Tower of Gods, which is the smallest and kind of like the sanctuary temple area of this. And then there's uh, the Tower of Commerce, which is like the shopping district. Which I, I don't think you should probably bring Bellamy back to the cart, right? You can take Bellamy back to the cart, too. Uh, that'll take a return to the Tower of the Panther, where your cart is in the guard tower. I mean, you guys were just there, right? Yeah, we were. I mean, Barney and Barney are there. We probably shouldn't head back, but we could tell, just tell them that we sent you back there to say hi to them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. Okay. Yeah, we should split the party. I'm going to go ahead and go back <laughs> to the cart with Bellamy. Uh, you guys, you guys have a heyday, dude. Maybe f try to figure out why all these animals are here. Okay. Um, so Anchorage, you're heading to uh, the Tower of the Panther. Barney and Barney are there. They're like, Trollander! Eris, are you going with him, or are you staying with these other two? I can go with him. Yeah. Okay. I have not met Barney and Barney. You, yeah. I think. I have not, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. He hasn't met Barney and Barney. Yeah. Crazy. 
crazy. Uh, they're just these two guards that seem to be a very big fan of Anchorage. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hey, you know what? While I have you guys here, I got like this really secret mission, okay? Oh, for real? We knew it. We were like, oh, dude, if he's here, he's totally on some secret mission. Dude, you're so freaking cool. And they like pat you on the shoulder. And, like, yeah, this is the man. Look, Barney, Barney. Let's just say that I'm searching for a shapeshifter right now, okay? Holy crap. Yo, and, dude, wait. How do you know it's not one of us? I don't. That's Whoa. the crazy thing, dude. <laughs> so this is the deal, though, okay? I'm trying to figure out who it is. So, like, when I give you the signal, whoever I point to, you just got to take him out. Oh, shit. Okay, take me. Uh, deception check, Anchorage. What is it? Deception. Uh, that's a 13. Okay, uh, they like... Uh, no, wait, sorry, that's an 11. And they both like... Yo, dude, uh, uh, yeah, that's like not our thing. We're like more, we're more like observers. Why don't you, why don't you just have Tommy do it? Yeah, I... You guys are right. You probably couldn't handle it anyway. Oh. Oh, okay, make me a persuasion check. I'll give you one more for that. That's uh, 25. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I shouldn't have given you another chance. That was my bad. But, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. One of the Barneys goes, come on, Barney. We totally got this. <laughs> and the other one goes, oh. All right. I knew I could count on you guys. Yeah, you can always count on us, man. <laughs> you so you just enlisted two hitmen. Yes. The and two most incompetent hitmen. Incompetent hitmen. I'm just rolling my eyes throughout this interaction. Uh, so then you guys taking Bellamy to the carriage? Yes. Uh, you bring him to the carriage and Emilio like pops out from the coconuts and he's like, Hello, uh, how are things going? Uh, hey, I thought I maybe smelled one of my family members. Did they maybe uh, make a show or something? Uh, look, <laughs> Emilio. Uh, no, nah, there are no vampires here, dude. No, no worries. Uh, none, none are here. You probably just are smelling yourself, dude. You gotta take a shower or something. <laughs> Bellamy, uh, are you gonna put him in the cart? Yeah, I'll go ahead and he, he shakes Emilio's hand quietly and then crawls in the coconuts with him and just <laughs> sinks in there and disappears. Emilio goes, Ah, take your time, but this is not exactly comfortable. I, have you found anywhere that maybe me and Bellamy could hide that he's not a pile of coconuts? Yeah, dude, there's a bunch of cages that you could hide in. Oh, shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where are you guys going now? I guess to go and find Wendy and Tommond. Okay, uh, Wendy and Tommond, where are you guys going? We'll say that you guys meet up with Eris and Anchorage on the way. I feel like we should go somewhere where we can, like, talk to people in order to figure out what's happening here. Or maybe do the opposite, I don't know. The towers are open now, you can go into any of them. Except the one that... The hearth tower you're not really supposed to go into. right. Then you said there's one that's like the shopping tower. Oh uh, yeah, the co- the Tower of Commerce. Yeah, the Tower of Commerce. You want to go to the Tower of Commerce? I don't know. Um, sure, because I'm not going to the Tower of the Gods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
A booster is included in that, but... Oh, you know what? Yeah, then I want to give him a piece of my mind. Let's go to the Tower of the Gods. <laughs> okay. Uh, you head to the Tower of Gar- Gods. It is the smallest of the towers in Morn Hall. It's kind of like their ambiguous place of worship. Like, I- any god can really be worshipped here. You head inside, and the first floor, you're greeted with this giant open chamber with one of the most beautiful murals you've ever seen. It is probably the only mural like this in the whole world as well. It is a painting of the entire pantheon of Duslamba, including all of the smaller fey demons and jinn that a gardener worship from the people, uh, even including death. A booster is there as one of the uh, larger entities, and they are all gathered around uh, mourning the death of Agoth as her body uh, fades and turns into water. The sun is there crying as well. I actually heard that Booster was late to this event. You hear a voice. Oh, someone that knows their lore. This woman steps forward. She goes, the mural is beautiful, but yes, not entirely accurate. Many of these jinn and fae wouldn't even have been around to see Aeoth when she passed on to the plain of water. Hello, uh, I am the Grand Priestess Cathadras, but you may call me Kathy. Uh, she's this petite dwarven woman. She's got really like dark hair with some streaks of gray that she's got pulled back in a tight bun. And she's wearing these like pretty, well, they're like expensive priest robes, but nothing like too gaudy. If you were to guess, Wendy, about 250 in Dwarven years, she's just like starting to become like old. She'll like extend her hand to all of you for you to kiss it. Oh yeah, I step forward and give her a little kiss and then like wink at her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shake her hand. Oh my gosh. Uh, she, I mean, she looks at you weirdly, but she's like, oh, that's fine. I'll go ahead and kiss her hand and also wink. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to kiss her hand very enthusiastically and stare at Eris. Cathandris or her Kathy as she's told you to call her uh, doesn't seem to catch the hint at all she's still just (laughs) staring up at the mural what brings the four of you to my house today Um, before I ask that to which of these guys are you loin locked (laughs) (laughs) truly such an elegant way to put it you you can't be uh, in partnership with one of these gods unless they got you by the marbles (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say I'm partners with no god Um, if I worship any it's the scripture I I preach the the good speech of all of them in the way that Balzac and I envisioned when we started this city. Dude, you don't worship any god? You don't seem very qualified for this position. Nor of I worship all. I have spent all of my years learning everything there is to know about all of the religious texts in the Kattegat. That's so impressive. I wouldn't have impressed. <laughs> it will be all for naught after today. Why? Once I feared that young Goth 
would do something horrible to bring a curse down onto the city. But now I see that that boy is the curse, and he's worse than anything I could have imagined. You, you know what he plans to do with the animals, don't you? Not exactly. Well, I won't spoil it then. Oh no, I hate being surprised. Nah, I hate it when things are spoiled for me. This is going to be great. It's a great surprise. <laughs> uh, she just kind of nods. Did you all come to pray? Um, well, pray may be not the right term. Complain? Absolutely. Do you know why I can find What's Booster? What's the difference? Yeah, with Booster. Well, you may make the climb to the top of the spire if you wish to be closer to it. Like, how many, how, how long? 10,000 steps. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Booster does not make it easy to complain to him. You better really want this. It's understandable, honestly. <sighs> I mean, I, not to give you ideas, you could always cheat and fly up there with Sebastian. Where is, where is Sebastian? He's just been following you. Yeah, he's just been following you. <laughs> oh, Sebastian, come here. How's <laughs> <Also> the gods? <laughs> Can you take me up these ten thousand steps? If Booster's gonna cheat, so am I. Uh, I believe that to be cheating, but uh, who am I to stop you? As uh, the two of you rise up into the air and shoot straight up for the top of the spire. Um, it's completely like an open plan, just with stairs winding up around the sides. Uh, it, you make the flight very quickly, Tom, and then you reach the top. Uh, you're completely alone up here. It's this silent room. And the roof is all made of like clear glass, and you can see right up into the heavens. The snow clouds have fully cleared by now, and it's the sky is beautiful. Suddenly, the whole tower begins to hum with energy as you hear this magnificent voice booming throughout the room. Who has made the 10,000 step climb to complain to the great booster? I didn't do a silly climb, booster. Oh, it's just you, Tommen. <laughs> uh, booster materializes the gigantic, absolutely jacked guy. He's He's balding a little bit more than the last time you saw him, but you're pretty sure he's doing that on purpose. <laughs> he's got like a little little streaks of little streak of red hair, maybe growing a little bit of a mustache and a goatee. And he's he's like totally shirtless, and he's got like real short shorts on. And it comes over, he's like just flexing a little bit. Tom and Jerry, my absolute favorite guy. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I'm gonna what? I'm gonna pull out my my book of secrets. I'm gonna pull out the other grimoire. And I'm just gonna hold them next to each other. Do, do these look equal to you? Okay, now hold on. That's not fair. This isn't fair. She's been dead for ages. You sent me here to study live animals. You sent here what to make dead ones? She found me. She found you here. She... Look, Tomond. She was, she was my first. She was the first disciple I ever had. 
and the first person I ever really gave true power to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off my sunglasses, and I'm gonna, maybe even my mustache. <laughs> Shit. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a more serious, serious look with my fishbowl. Look, I made a mistake giving her that grimoire. A mistake I will never make again. Not even once? Not even once. You know not the lasting consequences of Lady Mordred. Well then would you maybe care to enlighten me or are you gonna deal with this on your own? I highly doubt it. There was that boy. I, I told her to kill him, you understand, but she didn't listen. How old was this child when you ordered their death? Oh, probably about six, but... He didn't kill her until he was at least 13. She thought she could change him, that he wouldn't be like the rest of her family. Tried to force him into music instead of dark magic, but it just made him resent her. Yeah, I didn't think he was very good at it anyways. Um, so, well, uh, anyways, Booster, if you could give me some useful information on how I'm supposed to clean up after your mess. My, my mess? You haven't encountered Lady Mordred or anything like that, have you? Well... My, my mess, I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty clean. I'm not one to leave loose ends. Sorry, Booster, but I was actually in their bedroom the other day. Oh? <laughs> yeah. Getting a little frisky. Bullshit. <laughs> I don't buy it. Well, you know that they're just trying to wind me up. True, I never even saw their real nice, snuggly, warm cocoon or their little pipsqueak friend. Hmm, you saw Yuri then. Yeah, we crossed paths. <sighs> could have sworn that homunculus died years ago. Yeah, you could have sworn a little harder, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, I. What? Did you get scared by one dead body and a cute little homunculus? An unanimated trap soul? I was actually... Afraid of? I was actually more interested in the piano and the big voice that made young little Yuri into a fucking nightmare. What? Tonnant? What do you mean he, he changed Yuri into some sort of nightmare? Did he... Uh, it's... Cast a spell on it of some well, kind? It's... It's almost... Well... In my time here in researching these creatures, as you asked, I found that the changes the Catechet brings upon them, while they are exponentially faster than normal evolution, they're nothing compared to this. He com He completely changed his form, stretching out his limbs, giving this... sawdust and blood creature tentacles, which could drain the vitality of a creature. This is, this is not the, the, this isn't the nature of the Kattegat that I know. He's, he's unmaking them. That's, that's always what he wanted. He, he, he hated the way that the creatures were made by the gods. Hated the way they made him. He... He's finally figured out how to do it. 
He, we, we must stop him or he will unmake everything. What is unmaking exactly? I feel like you've been withholding information from me, Booster. That could have been very helpful in securing my life up until this point. It... it's... No. I, I don't even fully understand it. All, I don't doubt that. All theoretical. But there is... Basic... Uh, material makeup to each creature. And with the right type of magic... You can change the very cells in their bodies. Change them, uh, unmake what was there. And so, did did you just like stop keeping tabs on this on this Margaret Maldred fellow? Well, I don't know. That kind of makes me look pretty bad. <laughs> you already look bad, Booster. If. Ooh, no kidding. Hey, sure. I got the best champion ever to clean this up for me, right? And he, like, smacks you on the shoulder. This containment suit's holding up well. I hope you haven't taken it off since the last time you did, and I had to cram you back into it, and you lost that inch you're so upset about. You have put me through hell with that. Do you know what it's like being classified as a small creature? <laughs> Look, dude, you just lost one inch. It's not my fault your body can't really sustain its uh, material form in the Katagat. I, I told you to keep the armor on. What kind of god loses an inch of height? That was mine. I, well, look, do it. I, if I didn't lose it, you lost it. Six feet. Six feet, and I lose, and I lose an inch. You're like five, ten and a half at best now. Are you saying you lost even more, Booster? I don't know. You just look a little smaller than the last time I saw you. Well, how am I gonna clean this up? You gonna you gonna help me out in some way? You gonna boost me? And I've got a finger gun at him. Yeah, well, I can do some boosting. Okay, um, that was doable. Make sure to to leave a little bit. Um, and by that I mean don't fucking touch my height. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm done being serious. I'm going to put my mustache and sunglasses back on. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we're seeing you, Tommond. Don't cheat next time. It's lame. You, the perk off. Ah! Well, hold on. You haven't told me what to do. Uh, don't get unmade yourself. That's for sure. That would be a fucking disaster. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't really know what to do. I'm going to be... I, I may have not been paying the closest attention to the events of mortals as of late. Uh, but I promise I'm going to be, like, super tuned in from now on. <laughs> <laughs> you better leave that cat and mouse alone and start paying attention to things that matter. <laughs> hey, don't bring your namesakes into this. You know nothing about them. Nothing! <laughs> Tell me more. They're family at this point. I'm lonely. Um, okay. Uh, he's not going to explain the plot of Tom and Jerry to you. Um, do you are you descending back down to your party? Yeah, I'll, I'll go back down there. Okay. Um, all of you... Uh, Tom is gone for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, do you guys just wait in the Tower of the Gods? Uh, could I, like, talk to Kathy again? Yeah. Kathy. Uh, Kathy, I'm, I'm sorry, like, 
my companion there. He sometimes he's a little bit rude. I'd really like to know what the king plans to do with those creatures. Make me persuasion check. A 16. A 16? <laughs> oh, sweet girl. Isn't it obvious? You think he he plans to <laughs> release them all? No, of course not. He's going to kill them. But how? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even understand why. He, I tried to get his mother to stop him, but she won't listen. She's likely the only one that knows the plan, besides the king himself. His mother is around? Yes, yes, she stays with him everywhere and babies him. I can't help but blame her parenting in part for the disaster we are about to experience. Wow, that seems like bad parenting to me. (sighs) What else could it be? I'm just really confused because there doesn't seem to be like a place to kill all those creatures or like <laughs> free measurements to, to, to handle it. Again, I don't know what he plans to do. He, he really hasn't discussed his plans with me in length. Who would he discuss his plans with besides his mother? Perhaps the panther, Moraz. Ah, yes, this is what I've met already. Lovely guy. He was his father's most trusted friend, and he takes good care of Goth. Good. All right, Casey. You know, I guess you'd better stay in here. <laughs> I plan on it. I, I don't wish to watch this. I will remain here with my gods and try and make peace with them for what I've done and what I've let happen. And she she just continues sitting there staring at the mural. I want to pull Wendy and Eris aside and 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 turn to Wendy. Did how you know like flexible is that thing that you were doing where like you change what you look like (laughs) ah you know it's kind of very flexible do you think that maybe you could turn into like i mean this is just a hypothetical of course but like say like a large panther (laughs) i believe i can't i quite change my like so you can only change your height by one foot yeah exactly moraz is like at least seven feet tall he's gigantic and you're probably like five foot but why would i want to look so disgusting Well, sometimes you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelette, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, what would be the plan after we have two more asses? Uh, two more asses? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a whole lot of at- more ass in, in the hot tub. Shut the fuck up, I gotta pee. <laughs> you guys think about your plan. So what, what if we tried to find Mommy Dearest? If that was my plan, also, Eris, and it sounds a lot more comfortable than turning into this weird, horrible creature. It is I, Tom and Jerry. I have come heralding news. Great thanks for my dear friend Julian Monet for keeping my darkest and 
deepest secrets. Thank you, my sweet, sweet Julian. I'll see you soon on your Spotify page at Julian Monette. And remember, kids, whenever you're rolling for 20s, make sure you're rolling with spectral craft. Casey, one last question. You know, I'm just really not satisfied. Uh, I'm so curious. What do you think? Where would the mother of the king reside? The child of the king. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. Have you ever been in there? Many times, hundreds. It's a beautiful place. It was decorated for Balzac, but he never saw the inside of it. He oh, I would love to finished. see the inside of it. Do you think they'd give me a <laughs> Certainly not. Oh. Uh, the chambers will be closed until the king comes down for the festival. Oh, too bad. <laughs> Man. <coughs> Well, I mean, what about for, like, us black guards? Oh, no. Goodness, no. Only the closest king's guard are even allowed in there. Interesting. You really are new to this. Oh, yeah. They didn't explain any of this to you. No, those are, like, confusing times. Mm. Nobody really has time to, like, explain yes. Yeah, man, we're, like, outsourced. To <laughs> outsourced. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, they brought us in especially uh, for this. I don't know if you heard about the massacre at the bridge. Yes. Yeah, dude, that was We just that heard word of it. Terrible. A tragedy. Uh, Tom, and you get back at about this time. Try whooshing on Sebastian. Tom, and where have you been? Yo, what booster set? Oh. <laughs> well, uh, between a worthless muscle head and a puddle... I'm going to think that we have no divine help in this situation. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. The worthless muscle head in a puddle. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. What I could figure out is that the issue we're currently facing with this this kid goth, or with this, this king goth, I'm going to look at Kathy and just look cool. Um, <laughs> she, she shakes and she doesn't care. Um, might be second most important on my agenda. Actually, these two things might might collide, and they might actually work against each other for my benefit. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is we need to find this guy, Maldred, right? We need to find this guy, Maldred, and we need to convince him um, that... I'm going to look back at Kathy and then just... Uh, I'll finish telling you guys outside. This is a lovely temple. <laughs> yeah, so you know what happened to the little homunculus? Uh, I think, what if we got that to happen to the king? I mean, if we could get that to happen to him. You mean turn it into a horrible creature that kills you? It would kill Goth, but then we would have to kill the creature. Well, everyone would. True. What if that's Goth's plan with all these little creatures? Um, you guys have now stepped outside. Uh, the snow has stopped, and hundreds of the cages are now gathered in the center of the courtyard. Um, and the guards are still bringing out more. The sun is starting to sink <coughs> lower in the sky, and the tower of the king uh becomes increasingly empty as the cages are pretty much all brought out into this courtyard. I don't know. I think we should try to at least like get some information on what's going to happen. 
And I feel like best plan we had so far was trying to somehow spy on the queen. Or like king mother, I guess. Spy on the queen? The king why? mother. King mother, yeah. yeah. The king mother, why? Uh, so we talked to that lovely lady inside and uh, she told us that apparently she's like one of like the only people the king trusts. And also she seems to be a really shitty parent. Uh, but that's just a side note. We could... If we are going down the road of eavesdropping on mommy dearest, I could always transform into... Yeah, that seemed like the best idea we had so far. Yeah, Eris can get in there pretty easy. I figure I could probably sneak in there. I'll go ahead and transform. Okay, wait. How about you don't turn into a... Oh, no, you can turn into something that can fly. No fly. No Uh, fly. fly. Well, yeah, then spider seems cool. They can climb walls. Uh, so, so what uh, creature are you doing, Eris? Um, s- squirrel. Squirrel. Can we just okay. do the squirrel. Uh, what is what does your squirrel form look like? Uh, it is a pure black squirrel. Adorable. Yes. Uh, it looks right at home in this snowy area. That's a. I shall do pure white. Actually, I'm gonna redact that. Okay, do you pure do pure white. Pure white. You blend in perfectly with the snow, and you're light enough to just kind of sit on top of the top layer mm-hmm. of snow. Can we can we get a short rest in while Eris is going up? Sure. Yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll start go. scaling. Um, it, the tower it'll be like from the uh, about nightfall by the time he gets back, and you'll finish your short rest though. Eris, you climb up the side of the king, the tower of the king, quickly, and you scurry up to one of the higher windows. Um, are, are you just gonna peek in till you like? Yeah, I'm gonna point? be peeking into windows, okay. seeing if I can see or hear anything uh like on the fifth or sixth try you you make it pretty far up the tower to definitely one of the highest floors and you peek in and you see a a beautiful beautiful raven-haired woman with the same striking blue eyes as the young king goth and she's sitting there and she's just combing her hair and humming just staring into a mirror like nothing's any different okay we have found mommy. <laughs> <laughs> mommy dearest has been located. Are you going into the room? I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and very sneak. You climb into this little room. It's very lavishly decorated. It's beautiful. There's flowers and vases all around the room. Uh, and there's beautiful pictures and paintings of uh, the young King Goth. She's very proud of her son and her like standing together looking very regal. And one painting of uh, her late husband, King Balzac, looking very barbaric and heroic, standing against a blizzard. What you doing, Eris? Are there any documents of any sort anywhere Mm-mm. documenting anything? No, no documents. Okay. Not that you can see. Well, she seems to be just chilling on her own. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how to trigger a conversation. And you could try. You can just wait if you'd like. Yes. Okay. Uh, you find a, a little. Uh, you want to try and hide as your little squirrel. Yeah. Form? Okay. Make me a stealth check. We'll say squirrels get plus three to stealth. Okay. Nine. <laughs> Nine. I mean, you, you like. Yeah. You're a small animal. You mm-hmm. like curl up in the corner there and you can wait for a while um runs about an hour and then goth comes in and in his hand is a very 
ornate silver rune engraved crossbow. And he's uh, got a quiver with him. And he goes, Mother, do you think this quiver matches my kingly garb well enough? Or should I get the other one? Um, she looks over and she goes, Oh, my sweet boy, you look wonderful. You're growing up so fast, I can't believe you're 16 today. You're finally a man, no longer the boy king. And she, like, pinches his cheek and goes, Mother, stop it! <laughs> um, uh, he was, like, kind of hefts the crossbow, like, over towards the mirror. Um, that she was look that the queen mother was looking at herself in, and he like poses up a little bit, and he points it, incites it. Oh yes, people are going to fear me after today. Oh mother, this has been such a wonderful, wonderful birthday. Ah, uh, one of those Voldekar vampires tried to kill me, and and Moraz ripped his head off. <laughs> He, he just cackles a little bit in his very boyish, kind of cruel way. <laughs> well, Mother, are you ready for the festivities to begin? I wouldn't want you to miss anything. Ah, because of course, dear boy. You have your crossbow. Are you sure that'll be enough arrows? Um, yes. No, you're right, Mother. I should get another. After all... I will need to do this myself. And the two of them walk out of the room. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and leave it at that and escape through the window again. Uh, you climb out through the window and you rush down in your little squirrel form and you yep. touch down on the ground and scurry over to where your friends are waiting. Yes. Um, the sun is starting to slip behind the horizon a little bit. Uh, I'm going to stay a squirrel for a second. Just okay. in case. Um, um, but I just can't. got like a few more minutes of squirrel form. Yeah. Because I think it lasts for like an hour, maybe two yeah. hours. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and scurry up to them. Okay. <laughs> can my squirrel talk? Yeah, your squirrel yeah, can talk. Yeah, okay. Um, we. I've not learned much, but it does seem that whatever is about to happen is happening very soon as the sun is going down. And I did see Goth along with his mother. And it seems that he personally needs a plethora of arrows through his crossbow. For whatever, I do not know. But he at least needed to be ready to defend himself, I am assuming. Or to at least attack multiple creatures. As the sun sets, a horn sounds that marks the beginning of the celebration. Goth! can be seen walking out of the Tower of the King with his mother behind him and Moraz as well. Uh, the three of them walk towards the cages and as they do, all of the people that have gathered here for the birthday, they start coming out of the Hearth Tower or wherever they were and gathering in this huge crowd around these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cages. Goth is dressed the same as you saw him, Eris, but he has another quiver on his belt now, and his crossbow is slung over his shoulder, and he's just smirking away. Hundreds of guards start pouring out of the Tower of the Panther, 
and make a bit of a wall in between the crowd and where the cages are. Um, they're going to try and like also separate you guys off from the cages. Are you, you going to join the wall of the guards? or Because you are in black guard uniform. Can we... Is Barney and Barney... Are Barney and Barney here? <laughs> yeah, they are. They, they, they join the wall. I want to go over to them. Barney. Barney. Yeah. I feel like the shapeshifter is near. Oh, shit, dude. I need you to get as close to, close to goth as possible. Right, in case it goes for the king. Yeah, Good exactly. idea. They kind of, like, break off from the wall, and they, they walk over just a, a little closer, and they kind of stand by the cages. There's a few other guards doing that, too. Um, and the wall just kind of, it'll, like, fill in a little bit, unless you guys want to take the place. We take the place. Four of you slip into the wall of the, the guard. Sebastian gives you a look, Tom, and, and he takes off into the air and begins his circle. Can I just, like, listen if, like, somebody on us says something interesting? Like, for example, on what we are expected to do as guards. <laughs> that conversation is being had. It, one of them's like, are, you, are we supposed to keep the monsters from the people or the people from the monsters? Um, I don't understand. Uh, there's like many whispers of what's going on from the crowd you hear people like god what, what is this what what are you doing now and it's like one of them yells like no longer the poor king and there's just like shouts from the crowd until goth clears his throat and silence falls over the crowd before he starts speaking can i um do the can i do the thing where i can detect good and evil Oh, yeah, sure. Celestial Fiend and any consecrated or desecrated place or object. Uh, you, you just start putting that up. There, there's little stuff. Like, there's definitely stuff coming. You're getting senses from the cages. You can feel that there's definitely maybe even a Celestial in there. Definitely a Fiend. Uh, an undead. It's one of pretty much every monster in the category, as far as you can tell. Goth uh, clears his throat and addresses his people says, the other kingdoms live in fear of these monsters, but their fear is misplaced. They should fear Katagat's people and their king. And he uh, just like really throws his hands up when he says that and the crowd roars. But that all changes tonight as I do what even my father, the greatest monster hunter of all time, could never do. After tonight, I shall no longer be known as Goth the Boy King, but instead as Goth the Monster Slayer King. By the end of this night, not only will I have seen every single type of creature in the Kattegat, but I will have killed it with my own hands! And he loads the first bolt into his crossbow, and he turns it, and there's a gasp from the crowd as he fires his first shot into the cage. And there's a, a, a howl from inside, as this gigantic sphinx-like creature slams into the bars. Um, you all recognize the sphinx-like creature from the mural inside the Tower of the Gods. The people that you saw entering with you, um, the religious people wearing the robes and all the monks, they start to scream and cry out, trying to push past 
the guards, but the guards all kind of like lock in to not let them through. And they're screaming out, please don't kill our god, don't kill our god. And Goth just kind of smiles. He looks over at this sphinx. This creature was once the all-seer. What do you see now, all-seer? Any last predictions? The creature, it turns its very human-like face on Goth and stares deep into his eyes. And a voice echoes out, smooth and soft, saying, Kill me now, and I may still watch you die. Goth just smiles and he says, Shame, you won't be there to see it. And he fires bolt after bolt into the cage, the creature throwing itself against the sides, trying to avoid the crossbow bolts. But after about 20, 30 bolts into the creature, it falls dead. You were right, mother. I did need more arrows. And then he begins to shoot the rest of the creatures. One by one. It takes hours. What's Barney and Barney's expression? Horrified. Horrified. And the crowd, it, and they, at first, all of them are trying to break through, and eventually they just kind of give up. One actually manages to slip through a small halfling, running towards this like little elf-like creature, but Moraz scoops him up and throws him back into the crowd, roughly. And Goth just keeps going. Uh, laughing the entire time he's enjoying himself way too much. His uh, once very nice uh, birthday clothes are now covered in all different colors of blood. As this goes on, it steadily more and more people start to look away. The only one that doesn't look away even once is Moraz. Even Goth's mother, about halfway through, she walks away and she just leaves. Uh, seeing that she can't bear to watch it any longer. Moraz remains resolute, and he watches his king kill each and every one of these creatures. Moraz, that's the guard that we were talking about, talking to before, right? Or is that the panther? No, that's, that's the, the panther. panther. The panther. Um, Mattis is the guard you were talking to before. He is also one of the ones that is standing up close to the king. The king fires a bolt into this small fairy, and it completely like shreds its body, and uh, you see Mattis, he vomits. Uh, I'll lock eyes with Mattis. He shakes his head. His loyalty is unwavering, uh, despite his disgust. Um, the, the moon is high in the sky by the time goth begins to come to the end of the creatures. He fires some of the last of his few bolts into a unicorn that is forced to be laying down in this very small cage. And he looks about and he goes, I believe that's the last of them. You all may address your king again. Now, as the monster slayer king, which I shall be known as Forever onwards, for I have killed one of every creature in the Kattegat. And then you hear a voice. King, I believe you missed one. This voice, smooth and rough from the crowd. He, he looks back, what? <laughs> no, they're, they're dead. I, I'm sure of it. And the voice says, no. King, look closely. The Overseer moves. 
Uh, the king looks, what? I'm sure I killed that beast. And he walks over back towards the first cage where he killed the all-seer, this giant human-faced sphinx. And he kicks the cage a little bit. No, it is certainly dead. Uh, whoever you are, you don't know what you're talking about. And then the all-seer shakes. <laughs> Never mind. Looks like you're still up for some more. And he'll cock back his crossbow and he fires a bolt into it. And the bolt sinks way deeper than all the others. The fletching almost disappearing into the creature's body. That's <laughs> strange. And, but he, he doesn't even really think anything of it. And he just fires and fires and fires and fires. And then this something starts oozing out of the holes. Blood seeping out, congealing and solidifying into these worm-like tentacles. And suddenly the all-seer's dead corpse begins to retch and writhe on the ground, vomiting out more blood that congeals into tentacles. Can I can I break formation and tackle the king out of the way? Yeah. Um, you break formation. You you know what's about to happen. You've seen this before. As the creature's skin starts to invert on itself, and its <laughs> eyes slide back to disappear in its head. You rush forward. Goth is looking uh, very confused. He's, he doesn't really understand what's happening. And you uh, just tackle him to the ground. Uh, make me an athletics check. That's a five. That's a five. Um, you're not fast enough. Someone else gets there first. Moraz, the giant panther in his uh, heavy clad armor, charges forward and tackles the king out of the way as all the tentacles shoot out at once for where the king was standing seconds before. But instead of striking the king, they strike Moraz. The tentacles pull the giant creature up against the bars and suddenly a figure starts to materialize next to the cage. Revealing starting with the boots, these heavy iron-toed boots, and then they rise up to reveal long, long, wavy robes covering the legs, and it reaches up and the chest starts to form. Bare-chested, skin stretched tight, tight to the bones, can see every individual rib. And then the horrible face and head starts to come into sight. Rotten flesh of the face is dark and brown. The skin flaking off after years and years of being exposed to oxygen far after the body was dead. The eyes are pale and glossed over but still gleam with intelligence. But the most unsettling thing is the creature's teeth. The figure lets out a huge smile. All his teeth are gigantic and perfectly white. They almost seem to be made of ivory. And then you look a little closer. They are definitely made of ivory. Anchorage, you're basically right next to him. As you ran up to tackle the king, (laughs) you look at his teeth and you're quite sure they're fake. They're they're like veneers. 
and they appear to be made of piano keys. Dude, um, where'd you get your grill done? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's almost completely bald with just a few strands of wispy hair. And his brow is set drooping far over his eyes. And he smiles to the crowd around. Many of you will have forgotten me. But I am here to remind you. I am Maldred. The Unmaker, watch in horror as I unmake your world. And he grabs Moraz by the face, and his fingers jab deep into the panther's head as he starts to squeeze as the panther writhes and shakes his giant form. The bones and joints snap and break into these strange twisted horrible shapes as his eyes slide back in his head his ears rot and disappears his skin inverts bone showing all across moraz's body you can see almost his entire skull but where the eye holes in the skull would be have been erased and it's just smooth skull the giant panther-like teeth now fully exposed as the lips have inverted on themselves and disappeared. The creature lets out a horrible, guttural wail of pain as the last of its consciousness leaves its body. Goth watches terrified from the ground. Anchorage, you're like a a foot away from Goth, maybe even closer. Um, and he is way too close to Moraz. Monster Moraz and now. as the uh, creature starts... The creature in the cage, the All-Seer, as it completes its transformation, it starts slamming into the side of the cage as hard as it can, and it bursts through the metal bars. Its giant wings spread out, now not feathery like an eagle's that the Sphinx had before, but stretched thin with bright pink skin, veins visible all around it, tentacles pouring from just about every hole that the crossbow created in the in the all-seer. And its long, now its old human face is now stretched into a longer point, like a beak. Muldred turns and looks at you, Anchorage. No. How did you make it all the way here? I could have sworn I left you to Yuri. You didn't kill my Hemunculus, did you? I'm pretty sure that happened a long time ago. Burn me! Burn me! And I point at the <laughs> <point out. laughs> Oh shit! I can't find him already killed! <laughs> Oh, oh god, Barney, Barney! <laughs> oh, actually, actually, I point to Goth, and I have them get Goth out of here. Oh, you say get Goth out of here? Uh, Barney and Barney rush up without a second second thought. They salute to you, Shrew Hunter, and they uh, they they pull Goth back, and he's like, "Unhand me! I can walk on my own! I'm the Monster Slayer King!" And he's like kicking his boots in the snow, throwing a little tantrum. Oh my but they 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 pull him away all the same. While they're doing this, can I cast Blade Ward on myself? Yes, you can. Uh, you cast Blade Ward on yourself, 
and Maldred turns and he goes, Well, do you think you'll be as lucky this time? Staring at you, Anchorage, as he raises his hands like kind of Night King style. And all the cages begin to shake. So you just asked him, like, do you think you're going to be as lucky this time? Mm-hmm. Okay, well then he goes like, well, I'm just going to do the same that I did last time. And I'm just going to, you know, get my water oh, and have... charge it. Okay, uh, so Wendy, <laughs> you extend your, oh, do you have your shield? No. No, no shield. Two-handed. Uh, you drop your shield to the ground. Your round buckler sticks in the snow. You crack your neck. All right, Maldred. I got your creation last time, you motherfucker. Let's see how delicate your head is. Yeah, that's exactly what Wendy thinks. Um, you reach your hands out in front of you, and your giant warhammer zips into your hands, and you charge at Maldred, letting out your best dwarven war cry. He looks at you, his eyes almost sad, smiles at you, and he raises his hand as if to cast a spell. And then you hear it echoing, Booster! And the lich's hand, it like clamps back closed and it like shoots down to his side. And you feel an unnatural strength coursing through your body. As you charge through, you feel every one of your muscles ripple and grow in size. As you swing your warhammer full force at Maldred, go ahead and roll to hit with advantage. Nah. Nice. That's a 23. 23. That most definitely hits. Uh, go ahead and roll damage. It's a d10 since... Uh, nine. Nine damage. You... Bring the warhammer down into his stomach and he collapses over, doubling over. You want to make you take your next strike? Yeah! Advantage as well. Booster's helping you. Thanks, Booster! Oopsie, 19! Hits! Yay! Mm, five! <laughs> five damage. You bring your hammer right around into his disgusting, rotting face and you shatter his veneers. Pits of ivory go shooting out as they just shatter into tiny pieces and fully perforate and just shred his cheek and his tongue. And now I'm action surgery. Now you action surgery. You <laughs> swing again. Yeah. Twenty-two. That hits. That's 14 damage! 14 damage! He spits up blood and a bit of his tongue falls out of his mouth. But before he can even recover from that, you're pushing him back up and slamming the warhammer into his chest. You can sense his skin is stretched so tight to his uh, bones, you can see every single one of them break and like just protrude out through the skin, just slicing right through it. He coughs, and you've got one more attack. Right. <laughs> that's an 18 and a 19. Okay, so that's 26. That hits. Nine damage. Nine damage. You strike with your last hit for this turn, and you 
bring it into his knee, and you just snap it. He falls down to being on one knee, and he coughs. The crowd goes silent. They're like, oh my god, did she do it? (laughs) And then... (laughs) (laughs) I must know your name. Yeah, you must! I'm Wendy! Adversary, Wendy. You've just served me so well. And he's going to reach up and try and grab you. Uh, that is a 19 to hit. That hits. And he casts Unmake. Wendy. You, yeah, you hear the yell, Wendy, no! Wendy! As his leg snaps back into place and he stands back up as he himself begins to reveal his actual unmade form. The injuries you made on him now just start to change and shift as you see the skull beginning to appear underneath the skin and he smiles, no teeth left, his mouth just a mass of blood with no teeth from the shattered veneers. Windy. And that's where we're going to end. As Windy's corpse shakes and twists and is unmade. Thank you so much for listening to the <laughs> final episode of season one of the Rowan for 20s podcast. We're going to pick up right here in season two, right at this exact place. So you guys are not going to want to miss that because it's going to be awesome. If you want there to be a season two, make sure to share these episodes everywhere. Write some reviews. Let us know what you think. Even if you didn't like it, we'd love to hear it. Um, uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, and we can't wait to do this again. Um, I'm Jonah. I've been your host and dungeon master for this session. And just one more time around the table. Anchorage. Eris. No more Wendy! <laughs> <laughs> and Tom and Jerry. And just before we go, uh, oh, Wendy, I'd like to thank you so much for being here. We love guest. you so much. We love you so much. I'm so sorry to kill you in such a brutal fashion. Um, we really appreciate you keeping up your German accent throughout this whole thing. It was, it was really, really good. Yeah. That was really yeah. I'm so impressed. Uh, the, yeah. Wendy's German accent was yeah, just no, like, mm, I, so on point. That's a lot of effort. Yeah, let's hear your regular accent. Yeah, you, you want to let, 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 let them know what you really sound like, Wendy? No, I'd like to stay mysterious. Yeah, just, all right, all right.